Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, we're back. So let's go right to the phones. And joining us as he does every Saturday at 10 o'clock from Tightline Outdoors is Nate Zielinski. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? You know, I'm doing well, and I've really been looking forward to our segment because I know you guys have been out catching fish. By the way, one of your guys caught a monster out at McConaughey. That was a beautiful walleye. But I know you guys, because you're guiding, you stay on the fish. And even with this weather up and down, you've probably been fairly successful. But I think the average angler, whether it's in a boat or shore right now, this changing of the weather has really confused maybe the fish behavior. So you have to approach every day differently. But it's confused a lot of the anglers, too, I think, Nate. I, I agree with you, Terry. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm probably having the, the best spring that I've probably had maybe in the last 10 years on, on fish-wise. You know, numbers are high. The quality of fish is very high. Uh, so things are, are fishing well. And I, I love, we'll just take this time. We'll kind of walk through the bites. But I agree. It, number one, this time of year, you always have change. So, you know, you have fish coming out of deep, going to shallow. You have you know, depending on the species, some fish coming out of spawn, some fish going into spawn. Um, so you, even with normal weather, it's just that time of year where we're transitioning from spring to summer. So you always have change. Then you throw very odd weather uh, on top of it, and it definitely mixes it up. And I, mean, I would say, honestly, across the board, the front range, we're probably a, a week to 10 days kind of late on temperature. Not necessarily. In- yeah, I'm here. I You went in and out, but it might have been on my end. I, I, you might have gone through. So go ahead, keep going. No problem. Yeah, so just, just we have a lot of changes due to weather, due to runoff, due to just you know fish species. So number one, we'll talk to the boaters here real quick. First thing we gotta say is I think most boaters have electronics on their boat. Now whether this is you know a unit that you've had on your boat for twenty years um, that you know it's just pretty much a depth finder, or you have some of the the latest and greatest out there. I think so many people use their graph as a depth finder, not actually looking for fish. This time of year. You need to have faith in your electronics. I cannot tell you how much I'm relying on that. And that's a lot I'm going to say coming from me. I'm not, you know, the the guy that preaches electronics. I mean, I put more emphasis into the fishing. But this time of year, I do a lot of graphing. And if the fish aren't there, you need to move on. Because so many people will go out, even on a Saturday, and then go back out Sunday with some changing weather, changing water levels, changing temperatures, and they think they're going to immediately catch fish, and they don't, and they just blame it on the fish. But things are moving around this time of year, so the biggest thing, trust those graphs. When you pull up to a spot, know what you're looking at, whether you're looking you know, at traditional sonar or down imaging or side imaging or you know, live scopes and live units trust your electronics and just make sure you're on fish that's the first step uh and then number two when the water is cold last seven days i have been doing big lake trout we've been doing pike we've been doing walleye bass uh fish everything and it is all about catering to the fish put the bait right in front of those fish's face um and encourage them to eat it but it's all about catering to the fish so many anglers are making their fish work for it too hard if you cater to the fish this time of year that is how you're going to create that success for sure now, I missed part of what you said there, Nate, but I want to, uh, I think there's a little issue on my end, but let's roll back. I think it went out over the air, but let's roll back to something you said about the guys going out there, they catch fish one day, and then the next day they're out there, and it's not the same. Well, I think even the way we've had this weather, 
you know, a lot of fishermen like to keep logs or they think, okay, around Mother's Day, the fish are doing this. You mentioned the different temperatures, you know, temperatures, moon phase, what's going on with the forage, angler pressure, all affect where the fish are. But, boy, if you go out to fish memories right now, you really are going to be a little out of whack because those fish just aren't going to respond or be in the same place in a lot of our lakes. Some of them are better, some are worse. When you find the fish, you can make them bite, but you just can't fish those memories. I agree 100%, Terry. And if you are that angler looking to take to the next step, you want to become a better angler, you know, obviously keeping a log amazing and i encourage it but the things that you're logging are water levels water temperature phases of the spawn phases you know in and out of the spawn the things that you do not care about is dates everybody wants to hold a date you know may 10th may 20th that type stuff can sway honestly days if not weeks we see a lot of things sway you know two three weeks on the true date what really matters is temperature and those phases that those fish are in uh you know a spring phase a summer phase so we we encourage that so just kind of a good note for anglers to remember if you're looking for for strategy and and keeping logs it's all about that temperature and that's what's going to help you and to walk you through a couple of the bites that we're on right now number one we'll start with walleye it's always a, a hot topic um we are just now seeing those summer patterns really hold true now, when I go out there, warm water helps, um, and there's certain things to look for. A lot of anglers will, will try to study, like, bottom composite, and they want to know what the bottom is. If you're walleye fishing right now, I'm looking for structure, but I'm really looking for a softer bottom, mud, uh, you know, kind of that, that light gravel mixed with some mud. I'm not really fishing rock yet, uh, and I'm not fishing real hard stuff. That softer bottom is really good. Um, so, like, Cherry Creek, when you fish Cherry Creek, you have, like, the, the tower in front of, or the, the hump in front of the tower, that's all sand. There's a few fish there, but it's not great. If you go to the south end, there's three big fingers that stick into the lake. Those fingers are made of mud, and they're loaded up. I think so many anglers miss that type of thing. Mud is holding a lot of fish right now. So Cherry Creek, find structure, but find softer structure. So find the structure that has some mud in it, a little bit softer contour, and that's going to catch you a lot of fish. Same thing at Chatfield. You look at Chatfield, and the, the road, there's a major roadbeds at Chatfield. The major roadbeds say with the bridge on it, it's holding fish and you're catching fish. You move over to what we call the north-south road, so the roadbed kind of running in front of Massey Draw. That roadbed is more mud composite. You even get weeds growing on it because there's enough mud there. That roadbed is loaded with fish, so the softer structure um, is key. I was down at Pueblo yesterday, had an incredible bite. We caught fish on live bait rigs. We caught fish on jigs. We caught fish on slip bobbers. We caught fish on crankbaits. Um, the bite was on fire. But again, everything focused on that softer structure. So everything was on a mud base. I was looking for points extending out into the water. As long as it was made of that softer mud, we caught a lot of fish. So again, that's the, probably the biggest steps uh, with the walleye world right now. Since we're a little behind on temperature, the summer bite's just starting. Put a focus on structure, but find that that muddier structure, um, and you're going to catch a lot of fish. And again, cater to those fish. If they're sitting on bottom, you know, only hop your jig six inches. On that live bait rig, keep it on bottom. You're setting a slip bobber. Set it four to six inches off bottom. Focus on catering to the fish, making it easy on them, and you're going to catch more 
more efficient at the end of the day. Then you jump over to like the bass world. You know, our bass are just now kind of coming in there. Um, I actually saw a couple of largemouth this week on their spawning beds. Uh, but generally speaking, I would say they're just coming up. And the first phase of these bass coming shallow, they're easy to get pushed back off. So nice hot day. You see the bass in shallow water. Fishing's good. And then all of a sudden you get that one cold front. You get some, some influx in water. And all of a sudden they retreat back to that deeper water. So with the bass, just know that capability. Know to look shallow at first. And if they're not there, retreat back to that, you know, 12, 15 feet of water. And you're going to find those fish staging in that slightly deeper water. And that's going to be piece of success and then even the throw changes up more chatfield has came up right around five vertical feet uh in the last nine days um right now water available so right now is holding water and this is the first phase uh of the new reclamation project so this is the first time that we've actually seen water getting in to the new area by no means i would say if the average angler went to chapel right now would they really notice it as high water because it's only about two feet above normal full pool so we're not up into the trees yet we're not flooding anything yet but when the water's available, they are proceeding forward to, to fill Chatfield right now. We don't know if it's going to stop, you know, four or five vertical above normal pool uh, or where it's going to be. But right now, Chatfield is raising. So for those bass anglers, all of a sudden, there is new shallow. All right. We lost Nate again, but he's talking about new shallow water, I think. And one of the things when we get Nate back, we'll cover if we can get him back here quickly, uh, is that when he talks about the soft bottom, the reason that's a week ago, things are, are changing. We lost you for a little bit, Nate. You've cut in and out, but I got to just one of the things before we move on to another species. When you talk to soft bottoms, I think people don't understand why those fish relate to that soft bottom. And it's the bait fish are behind spawning, so we don't have the bait fish schools. They're eating probably like mayflies and caddis out of those soft bottoms, aren't they? hundred percent blood worms and midge patterns. Uh, yep, they're they're eating larvas uh, and they're gorging on it. And everybody uh, has called bluff. You hear people all the time saying walleyes aren't eating that. Next walleye you catch, look in its mouth and you'll see those midges and those little red worms, uh, you know, just full in their mouth because that's what those fish are gorging on right now is on that soft mud. All right, let's finish thing up. Finish things up. I've heard lots of rumors about great lake trout. How are you approaching that? You know, Terry, I had the, the best day of lake trout I've ever had in my life this week. Uh, we had nine fish over 40 inches uh, and, and a pile of fish over that 37-inch mark. Um, so, yeah, my all-time best lake trout bite I've ever had in my life uh, was this past week. So you're seeing lake trout fisheries open across the board. You know, Granby's open. So th- there's lake trout fisheries opening across the board. So, again, Taylor is open. Granby is open. Um Blue Mesa is open. Williams Fork is not, but it will be soon. Uh, so all of the lake trout fisheries are opening up. The fish are in shallow water, and they are aggressive. Um, so the big thing with lake trout, when you're talking about targeting a, a 40- or 50-year-old fish, it is all about reaction fishing. You have got to make those fish earn it. So many lake trout anglers are really slow fishing for these targeted big fish, um, and it's not the thing to do. Small tube jigs, jerk baits slow swimming swim bait that is not the trick you want to burn bait heavy reaction um you know hit bottom my my advice to all the lake trout anglers out there fish a big bait and fish it as aggressive as you possibly can um and that's how we're catching all these giants right now all right nate we are running out of time uh if people you got any events coming up and if people want to get a hold of you how they do that 
Absolutely. You know, our website's open and running, so we have our catch rate series. Uh, that is running every other Wednesday, so you can always go to our website, tightlineoutdoors.com, grab that schedule for our catch rate series, uh, throw that in your phone. We'd love to have everybody come out to catch rate. We've been having a lot of anglers show up, so we're having big payouts, lots of prizes. Uh, so on top of cash, we have a ton of gear. So at tightlineoutdoors.com, tightlineoutdoors on Facebook, and Tightline Outdoors, just on all social media. Nate, we kept having you cut in and out, but I think we got the gist of it. We'll talk to you again next week. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Nate Zielinski. We're going to take a quick time out, and our dog training guy is going to come back. Remember, we still have trivia coming. By the way, I apologize, Nate, in and out. He had such good things going on. I didn't want to just cut it off short. Uh, it's, uh, <clears throat> But I'll tell you what, some of those bites, the lake trout fishing, he was so right about. But anyway... We do still have a trivia question. You can earn a $50 gift card to Jack's. That's coming up. We're going to have our dog training uh, expert, Ben Garcia, join us again in the next segment. And then we're going to talk to the folks from Colorado Clays, and we're going to talk about a fishing tournament where you can win lots of money and do some shooting and have all kinds of fun. All that and more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear, with locations in Lafayette, Broomfield, Fort Collins, Loveland, and even Cheyenne. Uh, If you're an outdoor enthusiast, uh, stop by. They've got everything you need. In fact, we're going to talk dog training. They have everything you need to help with your dog right there at Jack's Outdoor Gear. Speaking of that, let's go to the phones. And who I had a comment. Somebody said, you always say go right to the phones and never say go left to the phones. They were joking, of course. It's not a political statement. We're just going to the phones. <laughs> anyway, joining us from Hideaway Kennels is Ben Garcia. Good morning, Ben. Good morning, Terry. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. And our our, our, our listeners are getting punchy, I think. They're good people, though. Uh, what was the name from NOCO, Colorado? Dan? Dan? Dan from NOCO, Colorado, I also said I say go right to the phones. He was tongue-in-cheek, of course. But um, anyway, let's talk dog training. Um, this is your third time on. We kind of talked to people about before getting a new dog, uh, whether it's a hunting dog or a home dog. Then you kind of talked about what they need to do, the first steps, the things they need to have. But now we're looking at, I think too many hunters don't wait so long to get ready for hunting season, both for themselves and their dog, it's time right now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we're really four months away, five months away from the hunting season starting for birds. Um, and it's just time to start getting on it now for sure. So, so what do you, go ahead, take us through some of your advice. What should I be doing right now? Well, I, I think right now the one thing to work on with your with dogs, and we're starting to see some, some research on it and some data is, one first is getting your dog around people. I mean, as, as everything in our society starts going back to normal, I think whether it's a hunting dog or a pet, being around more people, being out in public is, is something to pay attention with your dog for sure. Right now, they've all been at home with us. We haven't been away from them and, and some things around the house to work on that would be one definitely right now I'd pay attention to just in the bigger society part. Well, you know, you're right. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I think about kids not being in school and how important their social development skills are. Well, dogs are, right. you know, they're so people-oriented and they're so reaction reactive with people. I can see where that. I never thought about that, but that's a tremendous point because if they're not used to people, they're not going to know how to act and they're going to be unpredictable. 
right? You know, and if you're out hunting and running into somebody or you're out, you know, I mean, hunting, if your hunting parties grew, I mean, last year you may have hunted with one group and then now you're going to be with three or four groups. That can really change in the eye of a dog of being around that many people. And so that would be one of the things I would work on is as you get out, start taking your dogs different places with you, socializing them. But the bigger part is when you get them out in part relative to hunting too is you're working your obedience in those times. So it's not, hey, some friends are coming over for a barbecue. I'm going to let my dog jump on everybody. You know, some friends are coming over for a barbecue. My dog's going to sit and stay and lay down and behave because that's ultimately what's going to happen when you're in the duck blind also. If, if they can't behave when everybody's over having, having a barbecue, then they're going to do the same thing in the blind or a pit. They're going to pace, jump on everybody. And with guns, that's just not a safe thing to be doing at all. No, I, I can see that. And, uh, you know, working on these commands, should should one person be working on the commands or should maybe everybody in the family have a set of commands that they're working on? Yeah, and we had, we had talked about that on the first time I talked to you. I like having four or five commands and putting them up on the fridge for the dog. Just having so everybody's saying the same commands, everybody's on the same page with it, just for that consistency in the dog understanding what to do in those circumstances or situations. No, if I'm- if if I'm if I'm taking the dog out, say walking, and I want to get him to heal, what should I expect yeah. if this is a new dog? Or should I start in the house? Do I take little steps, or do I get him out in a long walk? How do I get him to understand some of that? It's it's a great question, Terry. And and I really think, you know, the main thing we need to focus on with dogs, whether it's a new dog, a puppy, a dog we already have, is, is start small and think big. So I really like to start commands in the house. So if I let's say like I want to work heal, I use treats to do it. So I may get him to follow my hand with the lead on a short, like just walking back and forth in my living room for two or three minutes, getting them to heal. And then once I have that down where I got them following me, they're not pulling on a leash. Then I really start working on maybe going up the stairs. Then once I got them going in the stairs, then I'll go in and out of rooms and you're just building, you're just adding more and more each time you have success, you're taking that next steps for success. And then once I have it in the house, then I'll try the backyard. If I get the backyard done, then I go out for a little walk around the neighborhood. But I, the idea with that is I always have something successful I can fall back on. I'm not just jumping out in the neighborhood and letting the dog pull me around. And really it starts with the little puppies that we start walking them and we let them be in front of us with a leash. And then all of a sudden when the dog's 50 pounds and muscled up, then all of a sudden we want to correct behavior we've allowed. You know, it's the same as jumping. Everybody gets a little puppy and they let it jump on them and they pet them and reward them and give them a treat. And then that a year later when the dog's 50 pounds, all of a sudden it's a problem that they've started themselves. And it's just not thinking ahead on what the dog is, is going to be when it's older or bigger. And it's the same kind of getting back to your first question with hunting is what, what are we doing right now that's going to help us in, in the fall when we start hunting? So whether that's starting to run with your dog, whether that's starting to exercise them, swim them, doing obedience, those things, it's always thinking ahead when you're dog training. So same as hunting. You know, speaking of running your dog, uh, it's not a bad time for brisk walks or running yourself. You know, you want that dog in shape, yeah. but too many hunters right. aren't in shape. And both for their physical health, because they're going to exert themselves hunting and for have a more successful right. hunt, but also the dog's going to have expectations and all of a sudden you can't live up to them. Right, right. And that really happens. And, and the thing that they, we always talk to people about that are runners or athletes and, and hunters or, or pets even is, is running a dog on concrete. You know, there's, there's some studies out there on, um, on the impact of concrete on dogs. And so really, if you start running, you want to be out on the trails, 
and you want to be out. I mean, we're really lucky in Colorado. We have so many trails you can get out and run on, but the dirt is, is softer on their joints than the concrete, if that makes sense. But also you're, you're going to toughen up their pads. They're running on the places they're going to hunt and, and you get to get out and see nature. You're not seeing houses or, you know, concrete, you're going to get out and see nature, which is really a good thing for your dog. And they're going to see more people. They're going to see more situations that may, may help them down the road. What about equipment? Is there any types of equipment yeah. or things for the dog I should be getting ready? You know, I think thing we talked about earlier this week, and I think the thing that we've started really looking at this last couple of years have been supplements for dogs as you're exercising them. And, and everybody's got a leash. Everybody's got, whether they use a prong collar or choke chain, whatever they're going to use to run the dog. But I think the one thing to really look at, and, it, and we really benefited from this year with the dogs that Guy had hunts for us, is, is some supplements. And um, we got them on a variety of them and, and changed some things in their diets, some, some beds they were sleeping on, and really noticed a, 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 an extremely better um, recovery time for after a big week of hunting or a big long couple weeks of hunting in case for the dogs that guide at roosters. You know, those dogs really are, are top athletes, and we started feeding them and treating them in recovery time like athletes and noticed a big difference, and we were really happy with that. So I would tell people to really talk to their vets and and look at some of these supplements that are out there aimed. There's some that are really aimed for hunting dogs that are even better than supplements that are just made for a house dog. Or, and, you know, if you were a, a runner, a trail runner, or a backpacker, even in Colorado or somebody that fishes and lets your dog swim, I think you're in the category of, of top athlete at that point that you really need to look at food and supplements for them. And when you're looking at dogs and how you train them, you know, there's such a variety of, of, of breeds now that are used for upland game, even in for the waterfowl. Um, so many dogs have been bred in different breeds. Do you have to approach the training different for those breeds, or there's just some basics you stick to? I think it's just the basics and having a plan. I mean, like we keep talking about is what's your plan to today that's going to affect you tomorrow. And um, all the, the dogs, God, they're so great. They can be trained to do so many different things. It's just a matter of getting that step there and having a plan forward to know what you're doing. I mean, I really think um, all of us get dogs and just do not spend the time training and obedience that we should. I mean, I just read a report this morning that, that 6% of Americans put their dogs in an obedience class their whole life. I mean, that, that, that leaves 94% of the population that's never done an obedience class with their dog. And, and that tells you where, where our weakness is, is it's in our training of obedience. So it really comes down to obedience. And then, you know, we were joking about earlier, Terry, when, when you're duck hunting with a dog, it's, it's five hours of sitting for five minutes of shooting. So that's your sit and stay work that you're doing in the house. If the dog can run back and forth everywhere in the house and be crazy, that's what they're going to do in the blind and in the pit. And, and that's where you have an issue with guns and, and some safety issues. So it really comes down to having a solid obedience plan that gets you to where you want to go with your dog in the future. Now, last thing before I let you go, uh, and I know yeah. JR is probably on the line listening, but we'll make him wait a few minutes. We don't mind. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. we haven't really talked about everything you do at Hideaway Kennels and about the uh, Rocky Mountain Roosters. Tell us about the operations. Right. Yeah. So we have, you know, we have um, the kennel that we, we train hunting dogs. We, we Our focus is hunting dogs. It's what we love. It's what's fun for us. And then, so we have that it's the open year round for dog training and um, just love it. It's, it's such a blessing. We have that. And then we're located at Rocky Mountain Roosters. We're down in Callahan, which is just an awesome facility to come out and shoot, come out and shoot, chase birds, um, get to be outside, get to have family time, get to connect with your family while hunting. And um, 
great place to be great folks that work there and just a great atmosphere to be out with the family. Um, hunting is a family activity and there's no doubt it, it's not just the guys going hunting anymore. And, um, the, the sport has changed to have everybody in the family out there. And we love seeing that. And it's really a great place to be. And it also is a place you can get out, get your dog exercise, do training with your dog, work on those things. Um, shoot, shoot a gun, take a lesson, you know, and those are things like at Colorado Clays, take a lesson from those guys. They, they've been shooting their whole lives. They know more. They probably forgot more than any of us will know about shooting and, and taking the time to take a lesson, taking the time to get advice on, what to do with when you have a gun, when you're hunting birds, when you're hunting shooting clays, those situational trainings really play into it. And, and all those facilities here in our state are really good about that. And I really think take some time to take a lesson at any of those places and, and it'll really help you. The last question before I let you go yeah. at um, Rocky Mountain Roosters, do they yeah. just do in season hunts or because they can plant birds, do they do off season hunts too? Yeah, so they're open from September to April. So, they, you know, you can hunt birds year-round on a preserve, but the season and the weather is really wanting to be. So um, it's a great place to start hunting in September, get ready for wild bird season. Colorado's wild bird season is so short. It's just a couple months. So a lot of folks will come out, get start training, start doing hunts in September, go hunt October, November, and then December when it wraps up start preserve hunting because that gives you an extension of four months on on the preserve and um you know the thing that i really like and, and i think rocky mountain does so well is is they're not planting birds i mean they're flying birds in the pitch black of the morning when nobody is out and where those birds go those birds go and you're hunting i mean it's 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 not one of these get out of the truck and you're going to kill 10 birds it's it's three hours of hiking and hunting and everything we talk about that's why you need to be in shape for your dog and yourself because the terrain down there is, is going to hand it to you if, if you're not in shape and you're not wanting to go because you're going to have to hunt for those birds. And I love it. That's what I love is seeing dogs and, and families really working for their birds, finding them coming in with a full bag full of birds and smiles. And it's great to see. All right. We have to go. I know JR's waiting yeah. and he's got a lot of great stuff to tell us, but if people want to get a hold of you, Ben, how do they do it? Yeah, the best way is through our webpage at hideawaykennels.com and send us an email. We're happy to give you a call back or or get an email back to you. All right. Thanks again for joining us, us, Ben. As always, great information. I love the segment. Thank Thank you so much, Terry. Appreciate it. You bet. Ben Garcia from Hideaway Kennels. Uh, We're going to take a time out. We come back. JR from Colorado Clays is going to join us, and he's not going to just talk shooting. He's going to talk fishing, too. All that and more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. Born to be Wild, what a great song to introduce JR with. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear. And now we're going, you know, we went through this earlier. I say go right to the phones. Somebody says, why don't you say go left to the phones? And then I said, let's say just go to the phones. Now we have a text or a, or a Facebook, I don't know where it came in, that says, just say go up to the phone. So we're going to just go up to the phone, and, and that comes from HG and Littleton, and we're going to talk to JR at Colorado Clays. JR, I think we've, I've started something here. Uh, it's kind of looking that way, Terry. Don't forget, make them wait on hold on the phone either. Appreciate that. Well, um, you know, I, I I did that, and then you were the benefit of of Ben. Yeah, you did have wait a long time. I'm sorry. But, boy, Ben had a lot of nice things to say about you. Yeah, well, Ben's a great guy. He's a wealth of information and knowledge, um, and uh, every, you can just – 
take anything he says to the bank. He knows his stuff, uh, and he's a he's a great friend of Colorado Clay's, no doubt. Well, you introduced me to Ben, and I'll tell you, the segment he's doing on dog training for us has been just so well-received and so popular. So as much as I hate to say this, I owe you thank you. <laughs> oh, I love it, Terry. <laughs> I will take it. <laughs> You know, speaking, you know, we went over Ben, what he does. Maybe we should do a quick review. I know we want to talk about a fishing tournament, but if people are new, tell them what Colorado Clays offers. Well, Terry, Colorado Clays and uh, Ben touched on this. We offer everything. We are Colorado's premier public shooting facility, uh, state-of-the-art rifle and pistol, trap skeet, wobble trap, sporting clays. We have shotgun patterning areas. Uh, concealed classes, lessons, uh, like he was alluding to, uh, group event opportunities, and much, much more, Terry. So anything you can conceive of and you want to the finest facility to do it at, uh, got to call us, and uh, we'll get you going. But now, coming up here, I think June 6th, you do your annual, it's called Cast and Clays. Now, people who partake have partook in this, understand what it is but maybe other people interested what is cast and clays all right so terry once a year uh colorado clays puts on the cast and clays tournament and basically this is a uh, if you're an outdoors person that enjoys fishing and shooting uh, this is as good as it gets it is a one-day combination fishing and shooting tournament so just quick overview uh, we meet at uh, Bar Lake State Park. We'll start registering and inspections at 6 a.m. Then we will start fishing uh, at Bar Lake at 7 a.m. and fish through to 11 a.m. Uh, as soon as we sound the horn, everybody comes off the lake. We'll check out, measure our fish, um, get those stats, leave Bar Lake, and back to Colorado Clays and enjoy a delicious steak lunch. Uh, everybody come in, regroup. After we get done with lunch, we'll grab our shotguns, and you can go shoot 100 targets per team on uh, that beautiful Colorado Clays Sporting Clays course. Uh, once we finish, we come back up to the uh, Colorado Clays large group event tent, and then we present awards and prizes. Uh, and basically, Terry, uh, the way you get your scoring done is one point per inch on the fish you catch at Bar Lake, and then one point per broken target on your shooting. Uh, every year, it seems it comes down to just a couple inches of fish or a couple broken targets as far as the top uh, dogs go. But the reality is, Bar Lake being what it is, um, one day you're a hero, the next you're not. Anybody can be in this at any time, and everybody always has uh, just the time of their life. So, great event. Well, first of all, how much does it cost per team, and how do I enter? Uh, very simple. A team entry is only $100. Uh, you can enter by simply calling Colorado Clays, uh, 303-659-7117. Uh, whoever answers the phone, we can do an over-the-phone payment, get you registered, ready to go, all signed up, and then uh, we basically walk you through everything as the day goes on. So very simple registration, uh, very straightforward, and great time. You know, $50 per person and you're going to shoot 100 clays, and you got uh, a steak lunch, and then you get time to spend time with the group fishing, but then you're not hardly charging more than what you would spend to do that anyway, but yet you still have great prizes to give out. How do you manage that? Well, Terry, and I get asked that all the time. Uh, Colorado Clays, we like to keep it simple, real, and accessible to the common 
uh, working guy out there. So how do we do this? Well, of course, uh, one of our big sponsors is Colorado Clays and Bar Lake State Park. Uh, Michelle always accommodates the event, so those two are uh, slam dunks and make this event happen. TransWest Buick GMC, cannot say enough about them providing that big prize money. And I'm talking, uh, Terry, we're talking $650 for first place, 350 second, $250 $150 for the big fish. A lot of money in there. TransWest throws it out there. Uh, they appreciate what we're doing in the outdoors, and that's a great company. Bass Pro Shops Denver. I mean, you can't say enough about them anyway. Uh, they uh, always have a team in this event. They supply lots of prizes. Um, they do, and Terry, special categories. So the Bass Pro Shop categories are um, co-eds in the outdoors. So bring the ladies. We even have some all-lady teams. Uh, we have, like, parent or grandparent children categories because, you know, Bass Pro Shops truly understands the, the value of family in the outdoors. So they bring that so all of that is furnished by Bass Pro Denver. Uh, we talked about the steak lunch, Terry. Ramos Law. Uh, Joe um, usually has a team in this event himself and uh, wanted to make sure everybody had a good, solid lunch. They sponsor that steak lunch. We couldn't do it without him. And then Northern Colorado Restoration Services jumped on this year. Those guys appreciate a category we didn't have, which was the high gun or top score on the sporting clays. So they're going to make sure that person gets a full flat of ammunition for shooting that high score. So the combination of all of these plus, uh, you know, Cabela's in there, Tightline Outdoors, Nate does it sometimes, always throws in gifts. So uh, that group of people makes this what it is for the rest of us. So I can't thank them enough. No, it's a great event, and it's a, just a fun event. And you know what? It, it's a fun event. It's a lot of tongue-in-cheek competition as far as you get to compete with others, and it's not a, a serious make-my-living-at-this-kind-of-thing event. But at the same time, it's a good competition for great prizes, and it gets a, it gets a little, uh, it gets a little uh, there's a little trash talk sometimes. Always, Terry, and it doesn't matter. That's uh, uh, not a lot different than when we fish. Uh, people come out here, there will be grudge matches within this, there will be trash talking, but at the end of the day, uh, the only thing that matters is that uh, we all got to go out and enjoy a day doing two of our favorite pastimes um, and had a good solid lunch. Just, just a great day, and this is just a once-a-year window for this. So I encourage anybody that likes the sounds of it, give us a call and get in this one. Okay, it's the 6th of June. Tell people again how they get a hold of you to register. All right, best way, give us a call, 303-659-7117. You know, Terry, probably go to the website. You can look at the, the flyer and, and look at more details on the event itself. Uh, if you need to send an email, that's fine as well. Let us know. We'll call you back and get you registered. Um, spots are going fast, so please give us a call and uh, come enjoy a great day. All right. All right, my friend. It is a great day and a great event. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to the event and you talking more about it before it happens. So you have a great rest of the weekend, my friend, and thank you for waiting so patiently on hold. Uh, thank you, Terry. And I, I know that was part of my obedience training, but you should know better by now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, training you in obedience has been a long lost cause. I'm going to get another dog before I try to train you. So. <laughs> thank uh, you, JR. All right. Before we go to our next break, I'm going to actually give out the trivia question. We've been teasing this 
all uh, all show, and we're going to have you text in to 303-713-1043. The question is, in our trivia, we, we, we talked about when Karen posted the trivia, a number of periodicals and magazines that over my four decades as an outdoor writer, I've contributed to. But there were two that I was a regular columnist where my column appeared, uh, depending on how often the thing came out, once a week, once a month, but I was a regular columnist. For two entities, for several years, I was a regular columnist. The first one to text 303-713-1043 and name both of those entities We'll win a $50 gift card to Jack's Outdoor Gear. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we've got a few things I want to go over, and then we'll close things out on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors and 104.3 The Fan, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear. Got dire straits. You just want to get me toe-tapping before the end of the show, don't you, Kyle? You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. And we do have an answer to our trivia. Chris Bates from Longmont got it right, but I'm not going to give out the answer until we go to Dan Jacobs here in a couple minutes, who is our king of trivia. I'm sure he'll know the answer, but we'll see what he says. But a couple things I want to touch on. The weather is supposed to kind of stabilize, a little cooler but stabilize. We may see a little more consistent runoff. We should see the warm water fish really take off in the next couple of weeks. But the trout fishing, because it's not going to be excessively hot in lakes, uh, rainbows and browns and lake trout should really be good. The rivers, you're going to have to check almost day to day about runoff. The runoff is really varying around the state. It's going to be a tough, tough year to figure that out. But it looks like we could have pretty decent fishing throughout the period which means we might not be getting enough runoff. So we'll talk about that, of course, in, in shows that are coming up. Uh, I think it's time now to go to uh, Mr. Dan Jacobs if he's in studio. Are you there, sir? I am here. Now, we had Chris Bates knew the answer to our trivia question, which is what two entities was the question? Did I write a regular, in addition to all the other ones that I was a contributor, a regular contributor, did I write a regular column for? Do you remember those? Well, you you wrote a lot, so regular, because I thought you were regular. I thought you were regular at the Denver Post. Is that not one of them? That is one of them. I had a regular weekly column at the Denver Post, and one of them goes back. Well, you were working at the fan. I'm not going to put you on the spot. A lot of people thought I was in Fisherman because I wrote for them almost every issue. So people, I, I was like more like a field editor, but I, I contributed to them on a regular basis. But my other actual official regular column was actually with Mile High Sports. Uh, no, I was gonna, no, 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 I was going to say, I was going to say Denver Post and Mile High, because I knew like in, in, in Fisherman and what, Walleye, the Walleye one. Um, but I thought your regulars were Denver Post and uh, Mile High. That would have been my answer. Yeah, it would have, and you would have been right. Yes. But you can't win anything as you, anyway. As usual. <laughs> now, I did like, I, I, I thought it was going to be, a, I, I, I had to back off because I thought it was a little mean. I was responding to the post. Because, you know, when you start hey, saying I've been doing something for four or five decades, you open yourself up to the, you know, the, the jokes like Irvin Joe used to get, you know, like. Hey, hey I, had, I didn't say four or five. I said four. Four. So I said, you know. Or I didn't say it. That's what the post said. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so I, you know, it's like, what, you know, what's the trivia question? Like, 
you know, what type of fish did, you know, Terry crawl out of the ocean and evolve from? Like, you know, those type of jokes, you know, I mean. You know. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we always know we can expect the best in class from you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Although, you know, speaking of classy, though, we should mention that we are working for the Colorado Broadcast Association Station of the Year in 104.3, the fan. Well, we should both be proud. Yeah, they couldn't get there without us, right, Terry? Right, and without it, we'd probably put them over the top. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're the building blocks, you know. Who? I mean, you know, this is the first time in what twenty-five years they've gotten there. Who's been there consistently more than us? You know, we're the building. Blocks. Nobody. You know, I mean, we're there for almost from the beginning, and except for a couple short interludes, we're there now. I mean, it's like you know, we're probably the cornerstones of that station. I, I, I we're the most consistent hey. part. Yeah. Hey, let's. I want to. I got a right tackle Broncos. The move, the two they added, and I think they've got another one in free agency that's going to be on challenging. Have they done enough to shore up that position? Because the only other position where you even think about who's starting with any, you know, major question is quarterback. Did they do enough at right tackle? Here's what I think of when I think of the guys they signed at right tackle. It's like a clown. You know, it's going to be a revolving door. It's just like who's in there. It's like a clown car. You know, like. Just guys coming in and out, guys coming in and out. Like, it's a bunch of hurt dudes. Like, oh, yeah, those guys could be really good if they played all the time. It's going to be the same thing as Jawan James. Every guy they signed, listen to what Orlando Franklin says about these guys. It's like, yeah, hurt, good guy, hurt. Like, that's why these guys are on the street available is because they're just hurt dudes. Well, and I think people underestimate the value of right tackle because used to be the edge rushers would always come from the quarterback's blind side. But with quarterbacks that are more mobile and moving around, you get it from both sides from the edge rushers now. I mean, uh, many of the best ca- uh, rushers in the league line up on that side. Yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be an issue. And one of the things I was talking with Nate Jackson on draft day was wait till there's fans in the stands. Like Garrett Bowles and offenses in general benefited greatly from not having fans in the stands. It's going to be a whole new ball game once they fill up the stadiums. Oh, it will. The noise. Hopefully a positive one for our home games. Dan, I will let you go, and I will close this out and try to get you on time this time so you don't yell at me for stealing your time. That's right. All right. We'll get back to Dan here in just a second. We'll wrap up the show. Join us, you know, every Saturday from 9 to 11. If you're an outdoor enthusiast, we're going to talk about something you love to do and help you make it a better experience. You can follow us on Facebook at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors and certainly follow our YouTube channel. A lot of that was filmed right here in Colorado. Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom. Thanks to Kyle. Thanks to Karen for making this show go. We'll take the let the Eagles take us to the top of the hour and sports with Dan Jacobs on 104.3 The Fan. Yeah,